the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And the person here that Jesus is addressing not only fails to keep the commandments, he teaches other people to not abide by the commandments as well. And that person is going to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But the other side of the coin is the person who obeys the commandments and teaches others to do the same. And that person is going to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And we're back with another edition of Study Verse by Verse and Pastor Leighton Sheely taking us through the Beatitudes in the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, one verse at a time. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us on this Thursday. We're wrapping up another message in this series, and if you'd like to listen to any of the past broadcasts, you can do that very easily on the website studyversebyverse.com. Here's Pastor Leighton. Jesus believed that every word of Scripture was the Word of God. And I often use this illustration when teaching our Discovering Highlands class. There was an occasion when the Sadducees came to Jesus with a trick question, asking about marriage in the afterlife and resurrection. And the interesting thing was the Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife, which is why they were sad, you see. That joke is older than I am. They didn't, they, believed in, they didn't believe in the afterlife. They believed this world was all you get, this life is all you get, and you cease to exist. So it was interesting they would come to Jesus with this trick question about the afterlife. And in response, Jesus first rebukes them for their lack of knowledge, and then he goes on to quote from Exodus chapter 3, where God is meeting with Moses at the burning bush and says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the point that Jesus is making here is that there is life after death. Because Moses lived 400 years after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had lived and died. Therefore, if they had died and ceased to exist, God would have said, I was, past tense, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The fact that God said, I am, present tense, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meant that even though they had died, they had not ceased to exist. Jesus believed not only the words of Scripture were the words of God, the tense of the words were chosen by God as well. After His resurrection, there were two disciples on the road to Emmaus having a discussion. Jesus joined them and said, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not Christ have to suffer these things? And then enter His glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in Scriptures concerning Himself. Not the smallest letter, not even a seraph will pass away until all, everything, is accomplished. So when we sum it up, Jesus believed Scripture, He submitted to Scripture, He taught Scripture, and if He was that position on Scripture, how can we as Christians have any other position? on Scripture than the position that Christ Himself had. Scripture, the truthfulness of Scripture is absolutely critical 
to everything we know as Christians because it's from Scripture that we learn about God. It is God's Word. It is, it is His revelation about Himself. And God is always truthful and so the Word is true. And He's always reliable and so the Word is reliable. And He has authority and so the Word has authority. It is the sole and final authority. And that's why there have been so many attacks that have been aimed towards the Bible. And that's really what's behind the attack of this issue of evolution, which is taught as fact in our public schools. Evolution is not a fact, it is a theory that is contradicted by scientific fact and scientific laws. But if in our public schools they can persuade a child that we evolved, then the logical conclusion is the Bible must be fantasy because it begins with the words, in the beginning God created Highlands Church and school teach that God's Word is the final authority because it is God's Word. Well, not only do Christians need to believe the Bible is God's Word, they need to obey it because that's the ultimate test of whether or not we really believe it, which is what Jesus addresses now in the next verse, verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So therefore introduces the consequence of the authority of Scripture. The word relaxes here indicates more than an isolated incident. It is a pattern or an attitude of doing away with the Scripture, considering it null and void. And the person here that Jesus is addressing not only fails to keep the commandments, he teaches other people to not abide by the commandments as well. And that person is going to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But the other sign of the coin is the person who obeys the commandments and teaches others to do the same, and that person is going to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Unlike the scribes and Pharisees noted in the next verse, at least these are both considered in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the question often comes up, well, if Jesus fulfilled the law, And the Old Testament, does it apply to us today as Christians? That's a question that we are often asked. And scholars have determined that the Old Testament contains three categories of law. Three categories of law. The ceremonial, the civil, and the moral. Ceremonial, civil, and moral. The ceremonial law was specifically to Israel, and its primary purpose was to point forward to Jesus, it was no longer necessary, therefore, after His death and resurrection because Jesus fulfilled it. But the principles are universal and still apply to worship and love God. The civil law was uh, related to daily living in Israel because Israel was not a democracy and it wasn't a republic, it was a theocracy. But the, again, the, the principles are timeless and, and should guide our conduct. The moral law, which includes the Ten Commandments, are a direct command of God, and they reveal and reflect His nature and His will, and they still apply today. Now verses 17 through 19 have confronted those who were tempted to set aside the Old Testament and the law. Verse 20 confronts those who are preoccupied with a literal observance, so much so that they miss the whole point. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never 
enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees were exacting in their efforts to abide by God's laws precisely, as well as the traditions as well. They lived in rigid devotion to keeping every commandment. The scribes initially were the copyists of Scripture. You know, they didn't have codecs back then and things like that. Everything had to be hand copied. The scribes initially were the ones who rewrote the Scripture time after time in order to make copies of it. Well, you rewrite the Scriptures a few times, you know what words are in it, which makes you an excellent candidate for becoming a lawyer of God's Word, which is what they functioned as. They, they thought they knew everything, they thought they kept everything, they thought they were righteous. But Jesus said, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the scribes, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was not saying that for us to get into heaven we have to have a higher degree of the same kind of righteousness that was practiced by the Pharisees and scribes. He was saying we have to have a different and better righteousness. A different righteousness. We need to turn our back on human manufactured forms of righteousness and instead receive the free righteousness that is offered by God. Remember what the Scriptures say, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Nowhere in Scripture do we ever get the notion that uh, the servant of God achieves righteousness by their own efforts or by their own merits. However, when we receive the righteousness of God, then we should live in accordance with that standing. Good works do not save us, but we were saved in order to produce good works. That's what the Apostle Paul says very clearly in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So true followers of Christ know that we can't do anything to become righteous and thereby enter the kingdom of heaven. We have to count on God providing us His righteousness. And that righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees because it is based on a relationship with God through Christ. And that righteousness fulfills the law and the prophets. And then Jesus is going to go on to describe that kind of righteousness in the following verses. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? If you have not, I invite you to make this the day that you make that decision. Lord, we're so very, very thankful for your word. And we're so very, very thankful that everything here is clear. We are so glad that our salvation, our ability to enter the kingdom of heaven is not based on us. Because every time we will ultimately fail miserably. Thank you, Lord, for providing salvation by grace, through faith in Christ. Lord, this is good news. This is great news. And we are surrounded by people who walk in darkness, and some of them are seeking good news. We ask you, Lord, to bring someone across our path this week and prompt us to open our mouths 
And Lord, when we act in obedience to your prompting, we ask you to put your words in our mouth for that person. Thank you, Lord, for those who have gone before and shared the good news with us. May we be faithful in sharing the good news with others. Amen. And those last few words there have encouraged me to take a few minutes today and think back on those individuals who have shared the Word of God with me in such a life-changing way. Am I following in their footsteps? This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And I'm Mike Trout. So glad to have you along today. If you're new to the ministry, you can find this particular broadcast ministry on the web at studyversebyverse.com. The church, which is located in San Bruno, Church of the Highlands, is on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Thinking ahead to the weekend, there are multiple services starting on Saturday evening, throughout the morning on Sunday, and then again Sunday evening. All those details, plus, of course, directions to the church can be found on that website, highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day, and join us tomorrow as we wrap up the week and study verse by verse.